You think you know me. Hello and welcome to the third episode of the People's Wrestling Podcast and what is a very special week here at PWP headquarters. Um, it's the go-home week for SummerSlam, uh, so it's been a big week in WWE. So, so before we get into Raw and SmackDown, let's run down some of the biggest stories uh, from this week in wrestling. Firstly though, to help us with that, please welcome PWP's resident Monster on Men, it's Matt Bumby. How we doing? Not too bad, Matt. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Good, good. On to episode three. Uh, living the dream. <laughs> well, we're just going with it now. We, <laughs> we are on this crazy train and we are... I don't know. <laughs> Cut a bit because I don't know what the fuck I was trying to say. <laughs> we are... Uh, we're on a, certainly a, on a voyage of discovery with, this, with the podcast. Um, but, you know, doing good numbers. Most of them are you, then, aren't they? No, 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 no. I've only listened to it three or four times. Today. Today, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, right, let's crack on with the uh, news from the week. Uh, firstly, some somewhat sad news from the, from the world of wrestling. Um, tell us about a former WWE champion and a WWE Hall of Famer. Uh, what's going on with Ric Flair? Yeah, the two-time Hall of Famer, Ric Flair, was hospitalised over the weekend. Um, he was put in an induced coma and then sur- had surgery. Um, I've just got a thing to read from the New York Post as they have detailed it. Uh, Ric Flair remains in a critical condition as of Tuesday. The wrestling legend was placed in a medical induced coma early on Monday before undergoing colon surgery to remove a blockage that was a catalyst for an array of difficulty health, diff- different health issues, including kidney failure. Uh, the surgery was considered a success, but as noted, there are more issues involved. Uh, a key is being able to, to get his kidneys back functioning. Uh, Charlotte did tweet out, uh, I think it was before Raw, saying that she thanks everyone for their well wishes. And we just hope Ric Flair gets well soon. Yeah, obviously, um, best wishes to, to Ric Flair. Such a integral part of WWE and well and the wrestling industry's history um, so yeah we just really really hope he makes a, a speedy recovery and he's back styling and profiling as, as soon as possible um, we did see it on Raw and Smackdown I think where both sets of commentators um, mentioned that the surgeries were the surgery was a success um, so let's hope he's, he's recovering and convalescing and he's back on his feet fairly soon uh, moving on from the Nature Boy, then um, news of a new new arrival in WWE. Yes, yeah, so WWE have signed as of yesterday Adam Cole. Adam Cole was previously in Ring of Honor and he was a three-time heavyweight champion, uh, which has n- never been done before. Only person in Ring of Honor history. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, Adam Cole um, not really been on my radar. Um, 
as being a WWE sort of mark uh, and not massive indie follower. Um, but I have heard really good things about him. Um, do we think it's a uh, an NXT call up or a, or a main roster? Do you reckon? Uh, reading online, it looks like he's going straight to NXT, and they are said that he's going to be in Brooklyn this weekend. Yeah, so maybe we'll see him. There's some history with NXT and that with I think Bobby Roode was there on one of the takeovers and they they seem to like to announce their new signings. They like um, to see him in the front row and yeah, in that graphic. As soon as you see the graphic, you know everything's confirmed. So yeah, uh, so yeah welcome to Adam Cole. Um, so from news of a new arrival to news of maybe an imminent return. Yes, we've heard from Paige this week saying that she will possibly be back in the next couple of months which is great news for uh, the women's roster and for us fans us British fans yeah agreed Um, much has been said and written about Paige's personal life Um, and you know we may all have our own opinions on what we we feel about uh, how she's leading her life at the moment but you can't really deny that she's She's an asset to the the women's division, um, so she should hopefully be received with with open arms, um, despite who her her uh, is that husband now. We Boyfriend? believe it's her husband. husband. Uh, who knows what he is, but um, either way, uh, let's hope that she she does return soon. Um, she certainly adds adds a lot to the division. So um, yeah, good news from on the page front for once. And obviously, to our top story. The Rock has a new tattoo. Has anyone seen it? <laughs> I've seen it, yeah. Um, it's uh, T-Rex, right? No, covering, apparently covering it's an, the iconic Brahma no, Bull. Apparently it's an evolution of the Brahma Bull. Well, I just think it looks rubbish. Well, I'm going to be honest. I mean, to be honest, we kind of expect that from you, man. Well, I'm going to tell you how it is rather than <laughs> suck up to The Rock. <laughs> Which you have never, ever done. And never, ever will. You've never really smelled what The Rock's cooking. No. No. On that note, then, <laughs> um, so I mentioned it is a very special edition of the People's Wrestling Podcast today, and the reason for that is we got a birthday in the headquarters. Whoop 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 indeed. Um, so before we get into into the the birthday details, let me just introduce to you our final host. Um, the he baby is, face. He is the baby face in more ways than one. And the lone survivor, we now like to nickname him after his uh, earlier scares with uh, his own health issues, shall we say. Hashtag survivor. <laughs> um, he's my little brother, which is obviously the most important part. He's my little cousin. Yeah, he's Matt's little cousin. And it's Aiden Bunker. Hello everybody, how are you? Happy birthday Aiden. Happy birthday Aiden. Thank you very much. How old are you today then? The big 22. That makes me sick. The big 2-2, said nobody ever. Feeling like Taylor Swift. (laughs) You don't look like Taylor Swift. No, you definitely don't. Thanks. Could you work on that for next week? (laughs) Yeah. I can't promise you that. Okay, fair enough. Um, So yeah, happy birthday. We've already done our exchanging of, well, I say exchanging. I've given you a gift. I've given you, a, I thought, an amazing card with Hulk Hogan on it saying, Happy birthday, brother, with an equally uh, humorous message on the inside. Um, have you had a good birthday? 
Not particularly, no. <laughs> Why not? Um, stressful day at work and we'll leave it at that. Fair enough. The, uh, the mystery deepens. <laughs> Tune in next week to find out. More. <laughs> um, we don't really want to know. So you looking forward to SummerSlam? Yeah. As we say, we are only a, a week out now. Uh, less than a week now, a few days uh, from SummerSlam. This week was the go-home edition of both Raw and SmackDown. So we've seen all we're going to see from the uh, superstars uh, in the lead-up to the event. Um, so without further ado, let's get into into what happened. <laughs> So Raw this week was from Boston, Massachusetts, I believe. Um, what did everybody make of this week's Raw, by the way, before we get into the details? I thought it started well. Yeah, there was a lot of ups and downs. There wasn't. There was a lot of good stuff and a lot of not so good stuff, but not so much that was kind of in between. I think the negatives outweighed the positives. Yeah. I definitely thought it was a bad episode of Raw. Perhaps not the type, or not the quality of episodes you'd want to see in the lead up to one of the big pay-per-views for, for the year, right? No, and it seems to be lately that the go-home shows haven't been really anything to get you excited for the show. It seems to be the, the Raw and the Smackdown after the pay-per-view uh, tend to be better. And it just seemed to me that they were rushing a few storylines. Potentially. Uh, we discussed this briefly last week, I think, where um, there isn't much time between pay-per-views now, so um, perhaps some stories do need to be sort of rushed over the line. Um, the sort of tagline for Raw this week was uh, SummerSlam come early, which um, was certainly evident throughout the card. Uh, I think we, a couple of matches are just on Raw, which... Um, which were, well, from my point of view, they were matches that were scheduled to happen at SummerSlam. And from my point of view, it, it felt like maybe they weren't going to happen. Maybe they had been cut from the card and just taken place early. Um, but that doesn't seem to have been the case. Uh, but before we get into that match, well, those matches, sorry, um, Raw started. Uh, firstly, we have a great video package, I must say. I really enjoyed the video packages on Raw. Uh, not so much on SmackDown. I think Raw's uh, video packages are really high quality, and then WWE's always are. Um, but it was running down the issues we've had so far with Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, which I thought was uh, not strange, but interesting, given that it's probably not the top story on Raw at the moment. I think the uh, video package was better than the promo at the <laughs> beginning, to be honest. So yeah, the, pro the night started with a promo. It was uh, Dean Ambrose... Uh, comes out first again. Great crowd reaction as always. Um, he essentially calls out Seth Rollins so Seth can explain why he didn't uh, put his fist out for the for the old Shield fist bump last week. Uh, Seth comes out. Great crowd reaction for him as well. Um, I thought this promo went on for a long, long time. Yeah, it, it dragged, and that's where I had the problem with it. They could have this could have been over in five minutes. And it would still have been exactly the same story and exactly the same outcome. Yeah, and I mean, that being said, I mean, it went on for ages at various different points of the promo. 
Uh, it felt like there might be a reconciliation and then there wasn't. Um, but I did find myself, and I never really thought I'd be disinvested in the storyline between Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, but I did find myself at times willing them to, to, to reconcile, um, which I guess is what WWE were, were after from that reaction. So was I just so this this would end. <laughs> um, but eventually Sheamus and Cesaro um, attack after a brawl between Seth and Dean. Um, that attack leads to finally to the reunion um, you know of sorts both men giving it the old shield fist bump uh, and afterwards Kurt Angle comes out and, and makes the match for SummerSlam as expected that Seth and Dean will challenge Sheamus and Cesaro for the Raw Tag Team Championships uh, Aidan what did you think of this segment? I liked it, but I did find it was a bit... I felt it was a bit confusing. Um, it was confusing in that Seth turned down Dean last week. Dean calls him out, and then Seth comes out and sticks his fist out again. As if last week kind of didn't happen. It was a little bit confusing. There's a lot of back and forth, and I felt like they did the whole extending the fist thing too much. So when it did happen, it although it got a good reaction, I feel like it was a bit dampened by the fact that we could have seen it three or four times before that yeah it's certainly I know we're talking about rushing storylines and this probably sounds quite contradictory but we've seen that like for the last three weeks um, and as much as I, I enjoyed the, the, the moment I mean it's been teased so much that maybe some of it was a little bit tainted when it did happen because it was more a case of oh finally rather than oh I can't believe it just happened you know yeah um, there was nowhere else they could have gone from there because if it didn't happen then then there's, I have literally no idea what they could have done yeah I thought it would have been more organic if it had happened just the first time and then we could have just gone oh yeah great yeah. the match is going to happen great yeah, um, agreed. Um, I think, regardless of that, though, I think these four guys will have a, a really decent match at SummerSlam. Yeah, there's a good good potential that it could be the match of the night. Um, looking forward to both tag team title matches with the match over on SmackDown as well, so it should be a good night. Right. Um, moving on from, from that, then, uh, into the first match of the evening... Uh, Sasha Banks in her hometown. Um, yeah, I felt as when I found out it was her hometown. Can she can she not lose? Oh <laughs> well, this is a thing with WWE in recent years. Um, hometown sort of heroes uh, or heroines in this case uh, do tend to lose uh, convincingly and clean uh, under WWE's these days. So it was my concern when I found out Raw was in Boston that Sasha was perhaps not going to go over in this match. Um, but not to be. She actually did against Nia Jax, a much bigger opponent. Um, Sasha actually tapping Nia out with the bank statement. I thought the match was okay. Um, nothing nothing special. Certainly not uh, pay-per-view worthy. Uh, I thought Nia looked a bit green still. And this is an ongoing concern, really. Yeah, when uh, she had Sasha on the outside and then whipped her into the bar barricade. I didn't think it was that bad until I saw the replay and I realised just how hard she whipped her and probably a bit too hard. Uh, yeah, yeah, that it, did look brutal. It looked quite reckless. 
For me, I loved it. <laughs> I just as soon as I saw the replay, I was like, "Oh, that is good." <laughs> so you enjoyed seeing Sasha swung like a baseball bat. I mean, I love I love people being swung. It's like when they do it with the uh, cruiserweights and they just absolutely lob them across the ring. <laughs> I like it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Alexa was at ringside, and uh, again we touched on this last week. But Corey Gray's reactions to when Alexa comes out are so good. Uh, I think when Alexa, when Alexa's music hit, his first question was, "How do I look?" To Cole, last week I think it was, "How, how is my collar straight?" or whatever. But um, he just, yeah, he sells that really, really well. Uh, she came out sat on some sort of what looked like a lifeguard chair. <laughs> yeah, I can only yeah. describe it as a, a Baywatch esque yeah. chair. Um, oh, I wish it was in Baywatch. <laughs> <laughs> um, to, to observe the match, obviously Sasha now goes on to face her at SummerSlam rather than Bailey, which was the, what we're led to believe, the original plan, which was nixed by um, an injury to her shoulder, uh, which I don't think we've heard anything more about. Well, I saw a clip on WWE today where she was doing a sign-in and she had the bandage on, so we definitely know it's not, well, we don't definitely know, but we... We are pretty much guaranteed that it's not a uh, storyline and it is an actual injury. Yeah, she's did a, a couple media appearances um, so far this week. Um, stuff to do with the, the Be A Star program and she was her arm was still in the sling. So I, I, I was of the impression when it happened that it was legitimate and I still am. Yeah, I've agreed. Um, the only sort of seed of doubt I had, and it's, it's probably a, a silly one, was that obviously this week um, WWE have been... I guess celebrating maybe not the right word commemorating 20 years of Degeneration X with photos of current stars posing when in yeah so I saw the picture of her not in the sling yeah and Bailey um, Bailey and Sasha were posing with DX t-shirts on and Bailey had both arms in the air um, looking like she wasn't in any pain the assumption being that I imagine these photos were taken maybe a few weeks ago um, but if not Maybe you dropped the ball there a little bit. <laughs> Possibly. We've, we've seen it before. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was my only only thought on that one. I still do generally believe it's a, a legit injury. Um, I don't think they would have... WWE don't, have a, don't make a habit of pandering to the, the university's demands when it comes to things like that. They're quite stubborn. So I imagine they would have just carried on with the Bailey versus Alexa match at SummerSlam. The only problem I had with this match actually was that Nia tapped. Yeah, it wasn't perhaps not the best showing for her. Yeah, it made her, I, I think it personally made it a little weak because you've seen it in the past with people they're trying to build up, and I get that they're trying to build up Nia as this monster in the women's division, and the only way I would have liked that outcome is maybe she'd have passed out. Yeah, I think. Passing out is a bit of a, a babyface thing to do. I mean, with the likes of Stone Cold against Brett, and uh, even you know when you have a joke, Samoa Joe puts a kicking a clutch on, people pass out. It's quite a babyface thing to do. Mm-hmm. I think the only way I would have seen Sasha winning this match clean, I didn't certainly didn't expect her to make Nia tap, is if Alexa had got involved in some way and accidentally cost one of them the match or, or I whatever. It could have had so many better outcomes than Nia tapping yeah certainly doesn't do her any favours going forward considering last week they booked her so strongly 
winning a triple threat match, which was essentially a handicap match, but winning it in you know a few minutes with with no sort of trouble. Um, but yeah, it's nice to see Sasha versus Alexa. I think they'll have a, a decent match at SummerSlam. Yeah, I think it'll definitely be a good match at SummerSlam. Um, so after that, we go we we go backstage. A bit of chaos in the back. Firstly, Kurt Angle uh, is talking to Matt and Jeff, the Hardy Boys, uh, who gets interrupted by the Miz and the Miztourage. Did anyone else see Angle's ridiculous grin? And it looked just so overacted. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Kurt Angle overacting. Well, I've said it before. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's damn true. Um, the Miz says he'll be the one to face Jason Jordan tonight. Uh, sorry, Matt. JJ. JJ. Yep. Uh, not Curtis Axel. Uh, and Kurt says JJ will, will absolutely love that because um, you know Kurt's now Kurt's been his dad for so long. He knows exactly how JJ thinks. Um, all of a sudden, the referee makes his way to Kurt. Says there's trouble in the back with Finn and Bray Wyatt, um, and a fight has ensued backstage, which I thought was very random. Mainly because I thought Bray just existed on a, a, on a universe that was a Primarily just shown on the Titan Tron. I didn't know he really hung around backstage. What did this fight start over? Uh, and the other thing for me was it took because it went to an ad break. And yeah. It took him a long time to get to the fight. <laughs> well, they'd obviously been pummeling each other for a long time before the referees and security guards got there. Uh, we've seen <laughs> neither man seemingly doing any damage to the other for that period of time. So they were both fine. So obviously, it took four minutes for the person to see the fight. Get to angle and then come back. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly how you successfully break up a fight. <laughs> um, so yeah, the referee says that there's trouble with Finn and Bray. They're getting a fight. So Kurt makes the match for tonight or for Monday night. Bray versus Finn on Raw, a match that was supposed to happen at SummerSlam. Now we obviously know what's happening with that after this, uh, but just getting into that match uh, it was a little bit later in the card. Uh, I thought it was decent-ish match. I was shocked to see Bray go over clean so easily. I think they're they're trying to they were trying to build up the demon and they were trying to build up that. Um, but I can definitely be beaten. But maybe this demon can't. Yeah, I think it was certainly a, a way of introducing the demon. Well, not necessarily introducing, but. At least try and factor in a way where him unleashing the demon would be necessary. Bray's already beaten him, so he obviously, obviously would be in real jeopardy of losing again to Bray, which would be disastrous for Finn uh, at SummerSlam. Um, I thought the match was good. The, the bucket of, what did they call it? Viscous, acidic, red liquid or whatever it was. Or uh, blood. Essentially fake blood. Uh, was was strange for this uh, sort of era not seen that for a while did it not take, did it not take <laughs> you back to the bloodbaths and the brood and I bloody love the bloodbaths oh and me <laughs> I thought they should have done it like that and not done it just him throwing a bucket on him I think it should have just been pour down yeah I think that would have been effective well, when the lights come back on he he's just covered, he's in, covered blood. in blood like they used to do yeah I think um, I quite like this spot to be fair I thought it was effective in that it, it looked it's certainly something different we've not seen that for a while so it was it was quite effective, and obviously now I thought in this PG era we weren't allowed to show. Well, blood exactly, anymore. and maybe it's just why they made a point of calling it a viscous red liquid 
rather than saying blood because they're just that wouldn't be allowed wouldn't be allowed that for the kids kids wouldn't be allowed to say that no no blood for the kids blood um blood. just on this win miss we're ass- oh, i'm assuming that the summer slam match ends with a finn balor win for, for it'd be very difficult to see bray winning both of these matches in quick succession but he did win this one clean and he beat seth rollins clean in their last few twice uh, is this a push for bray Wyatt? I don't think his numbers count. It's just, if you look at him, he's lost so many and come back and done promo after promo after promo after promo. <laughs> I just think he can do what he wants, I think, but I can't see them bringing out the demon. It's only the second time they've done it on the main roster. I can't see him losing as the demon. Unless the Wyatt family come back, because we've not seen, even though they are drafted to SmackDown, Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. Yeah, I think again with that, it would be we'd be hard pressed to come up with a reason why them two would reunite with Bray. Hard pressed to find a reason why they would also appear on Raw without someone from Raw going the other way to SmackDown. Um, But you know, it's a it's a theory. Could could well be the case. I kind of hope it isn't. I'm kind of done with the Wyatt family. I think that would be a sign that they have no idea what to do with Bray on his own. I think the last three years have been a sign they have no idea what to do with Bray Wyatt. Mm, yeah, good point. He could be such a big star. Has anyone seen Sanity in NXT? Yes. Yeah. I've got a funny feeling they're coming up and they're going to be part of him. I, the only way I could see them coming up to, in, and having any involvement with Bray is if they were to feud with him, which would ultimately see him reforming the Wyatt family to combat their their sort so Bray for instance managed to turn face somehow uh, and I know he gets a big enough crowd reaction as it is but if he managed to turn face at some point um, and Sanity came up as heels and maybe Eric Young started uh, started a feud with Bray which would then Bray would be outnumbered with Sanity on Eric Young's side I can see maybe at some point him calling upon the Wyatt family again to help out. Probably not Braun, uh, but no, Luke he's... Harper and Eric Rowan perhaps. Uh, and I, you know, I could get on board with that. I think um, be certainly an interesting way of doing it. I don't know if we've had any sort of um, news on sort of call ups to the main roster from NXT. In fact, I did read a few things where um, people were suggesting that maybe people are going the other way. And that there might be some not demotions, but uh, wrestlers from Raw and SmackDown who will be moved to NXT to bolster that brand instead. I honestly think that's a good idea because some of them are coming stagnant on Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, well, it's, it's how they used to do NXT. Um, back towards kind of 2013, um, 14 time, they would have people like Ziggler, um, Cesaro, a lot of those kind of guys would just. Have the occasional match or program down there, so I guess people who aren't being used on the main roster, like Ziggler, for example. <laughs> Double Ziggler is the prime example in this. In this uh, could maybe benefit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Even if WWE started treating NXT as a third brand, obviously we refer to it as developmental. It's a developmental brand, but even if it was to sort of, you know, back in the day when we had Raw, SmackDown, and ECW. If NXT was just a continuation of that sort of thing, where they had a third brand, 
obviously you want to keep it as sort of intimate and small as you like or as you can to maintain that sort of allure that it's it's gathered in the last four years or whatever um but yeah I, I could get on board with people moving down to nxt i think as you say people like Dolph Ziggler could really actually benefit from that because um, they just have quality matches with the with the, the talent that's down there yeah and they could also really help the younger ones as well um which would, could only be a benefit for wwe um something that's not a benefit for wwe our truth was on raw this week now we all love our truth right I felt that we were going to go somewhere with this Elias character and then he gets interrupted by our truth Yeah, and it was literally the last person on the roster I would have wanted to see Elias interrupted by. I think last week it was Callisto. Yeah. This week it was um, So R-Truth. I think we'll give this segment as much time as they must in a production meeting yeah. and we'll move on. We'll just move straight on from that. Basically Elias destroyed our truth which, you know, I quite enjoyed seeing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, one point on that though, Michael Cole did call him Elias Sampson a couple of times. Oh, Michael Cole. So I, I, I'm a confused. I'm just confused now. Who is he, Elias or Elias Sampson? And just call him the Drifter. Well, we'll, we'll never call him that. My notes here say, "What is his actual bloody name?" That's how frustrated I was. You, um, are, you obviously watched that sec- <laughs> segment a lot more than I did. <laughs> I paid very close attention. I didn't. To anything involving our truth. What's up? Um, Big Cass promo. Now this I thought was a bit strange. Big Cass suddenly has become the biggest heel on Raw according to the live crowd. (laughs) He was not able to get his sentence out at the start because the crowd simply would not allow it for the volume of their booing, which I thought was very strange. I don't know if it's the biggest heel or are they bored of him? Well, this was my question. Was that genuine heat or as in go away heat expat heat I like to call it in the industry um, or was that genuine um, sort of he's being he's playing a very good heel character so the crowd dislike him well I Vince think, definitely saw it as the second yeah I think, I think Vince has got a bit of a hard on for Big Cass let's face it <laughs> um, Vince loves Big Cass let's, let's put that out there that's always been evident I think but yeah so he wasn't he, he couldn't get his sentences out I think he kept saying last next Sunday at SummerSlam and then not being able to go any further. Um, eventually Enzo comes out, obviously. Um, says something disparaging, it's something Enzo-like. Uh, brings out the big show. I don't know why they can't just come out together. Um, and they make their way down to the ring where Enzo is... Uh, sorry, where Big Cass is stood next to a, the, the cage that Enzo will be locked in at SummerSlam. And... Um, and I believe Gallows and Anderson uh, make the, well not the save, they attack Big Show from behind and Enzo um, and Big Show ends up getting his hand slammed in the, the, the cage door. Did anyone else watch it carefully because if you look at it he doesn't actually get his hand anywhere near it, he's in the bar next to <laughs> so as soon as they slam it you see it slam and it looks, he does sell it well yeah. but it goes nowhere near his hand. No. Well even though they like to uh, make wrestling as realistic as possible. I think slamming someone's hand in a cage door might be a little bit far, even for the big show. But um, the stomp afterwards looked pretty legit on the hand. That would hurt for someone the size of Big Cass, right? Well, it's size 16, I think they are. God knows, but um, yeah. See, I certainly wouldn't want to get my hand stamped on by Big Cass. 
Uh, Aiden, anything to add on this big cast promo? Why do we think Gallows and Anderson are sort of have aligned themselves? Have they aligned themselves, or was this just a one night thing? Um, I think this is probably a consequence of the revival being out injured. Agreed. Like last week, um, they turned up and had a match with Ensho. Um, Catching on, I like it. <laughs> they yeah they they obviously don't have much to do. We saw the same with the Hardys later on being paired with JJ. Um, oh, well, that's, that's catching on, catching on as well. Um, so yeah, they, it was it smacked of them not having something to do, but it it worked. It was a good way for Cass to get some heat. Uh, we saw after that um, the Big Show said he's got a broken hand, and Enzo said you don't have to fight at SummerSlam, and then Big Show you don't know who I am, obviously. Yeah, Big Show is saying that um, he's not missing SummerSlam. Uh, I kind of hoped he had, to be fair. <laughs> I don't really want to see this match. Kick off? I would hope so, but I think... Oh, no, it won't. As we touched on it last week, the only reason it won't be is with Enzo in the cage. is a bit of a waste for a pre-show. Um, so we'll see. Hopefully they'll pull something out of the bag, but their last match was... was Horrendous? Well, yeah, it was pretty bad, to be fair. I certainly don't want to see another one. Um, but then, you know, we might be we might be treated to something special. Um, now, Akira Tozawa versus Neville. So all of a sudden this match was on Raw instead of on SummerSlam for the Cruiserweight title. Um, and we have a new Cruiserweight champion. Randomly. <laughs> before the pay-per-view. So this was my massive, massive, massive disappointment with Raw. Why are we crowning six days before SummerSlam a cruiserweight champion? If we care about the division, surely SummerSlam should be the biggest event in the summer that we are going towards and we're going to put these two cruiserweights up against each other and they're going to have a great match. Exactly. Um, I shared that frustration. I thought it was very strange. I 100% didn't expect Azawa to win this match. I expected Neville to cheat to win so that they'd go into SummerSlam with Tozawa having some sympathy as a face um, against Neville as a heel and maybe Tozawa would beat him at SummerSlam um, I must add that I, I don't agree with the decision to take the belt off Neville at all I think he's been by far the best thing to happen to the Cruiserweight division since it started Well I even think you have him lose in a way that is unexpected not like they did on Raw, like unexpected as in someone that cheats to win, or you let him lose to the better guy. There's no one better on that roster than him at the minute, and like we got rid of Austin Aries. Yeah. Well, it's you know that's a that's a separate issue. I think in whether it was, he was got rid of or he decided to leave, we still don't really know the answer to that one. Uh, he asked for his release. So that's, is that confirmed? Is it? Yes. Okay. Well, you can um, see why if they're well, I mean, you, uh, treat the cruiserweights like that. I mean, they actually put on a good show. I was in, I was intrigued by this match as it went on because it looked as though Dazal was going to win, which I thought they can't, they can't do that before SummerSlam. But lo and behold, they actually did. Um, so I, I thought it was a, a good match actually, although it was pretty short. Um, so we we hear that Neville has invoked his rematch clause. For SummerSlam, so this match is going to happen again. So it's the second match that happened on Raw that's going to happen on SummerSlam again. 
Um, obviously, given a little bit more time, you'd expect this match to, to be pretty good. Are they really going to give it back to Neville this quick? I mean, we've seen them hot potato the US title with AJ and, and Kevin Owens. Uh, they, they did it with Sasha and Charlotte. Um, but surely a six-day reign for Tozawa is absolutely pointless. Or all he deserves. Not a fan? Mm, I'm not a massive fan. I just think if you're going to beat Neville, you've got to be better than Neville, and nobody is better than Neville at the minute. Good point, good point. Yeah, so I was I was worried for the day in which Neville would lose the title because he's done so well with it, helped elevate the division. Um, my only my problem is that he's he's gone through everyone, including Tazawa previously. <laughs> so it wasn't really anywhere else. And Tazawa then wins clean. I thought maybe if there if there was a way in which Tazawa could win this match, it could maybe be via some um, cheeky involvement by Titus, um, seeing as like he is Titus's client. Um, Titus is gonna want to get the best result for him, so maybe just uh, although it's a bit heelish, showing the actual true benefit of having a manager, um, winning it that way, keeping Neville looking a bit strong because he can be pissed that his his title was taken off him in such a way, but it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, part of me thinks Neville retaliates with a really vicious showing at SummerSlam and takes his title back and that kind of adds to his heel character a little bit uh, that's probably what I'm hoping for more than what I expect to be fair I kind of a little bit disillusioned with that result I think Neville should definitely still be Cruiserweight Champion until as you say the person who beats him should be better than him and at the minute there isn't anyone on the Cruiserweight division better than him the only thing I think they're thinking with this is I did see he was never was called out on Twitter by Pete Dunn. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. And maybe that's a storyline that may go with. We don't know. Maybe maybe he turns up at SummerSlam. We don't know. Potentially, yeah. It's a good shout. Good shout. Um, one match we'll spend loads and loads of time on then. Emma versus Mickey James. Great match, everyone, wasn't it? It's pointless. So what annoyed me about this was that they were just talking backstage. Um, well, Mickey was backstage. Emma comes up to her. They have a briefing little interaction, and Mickey just says, "Oh, why don't you meet me in the ring tonight?" And blah blah Fancy blah. A match. And they just made their own match. Yeah. Like, not necessarily any clearance from Kurt Angle or anything. Um, no, no consideration for if there's anything else planned on the show. But JJ just... will love it. <laughs> yeah. Kurt knows. <laughs> Especially if Emma's involved. Um, but yeah, it's just I hate things like that. It annoys me. Wrestlers just making all the matches. Okay, so another match that was made earlier in the night by a wrestler who actually did go past Kang all this time, Miz versus Jason Jordan. Um, Jason Jordan, dominant um, for this, well, for the start of this this first sort of segment of this match. Absolutely destroying the Miz, clearly on his way to a victory um, before interference from the Miz Tourage. Um, the Hardy Boys come out and make uh, the save in that, this instance and we go to an advert break and all of a sudden the six-man match has been has been made. can only assume Kurt Angle uh, sort of had the say on that one as well. It felt like the old days when they used to just throw a six-man tag out, yeah. Yeah, Teddy Long used to love a six-man tag team match. Um, yeah, I've, well, what I've got from this match was that last week there was a, it was like a lukewarm at best reaction for JJ. 
But this week it was genuinely quite bad. It was quite bad. Yeah, the, it was just the, boo, the boos were a lot louder than the cheers. Yeah. During his entrance, I think as the matches wore on, his the reaction to him got better as we could see what he was doing. Yeah, and I think it was obviously it was quite smart from WWE, if you ask me, to to pair him with the Hardys because you're not going to get booed as someone with the Hardys. Exactly. I think even Roman Reigns could get away with team with the Hardys and not being booed out of the building for once. There's no way that is actually happening. He's not getting moved. I'm sorry. Speaking of the Hardys, can we just say that they seem to be making a note of? I know, like they said it before when they were going through the club and the revival, but they're saying how Matt Hardy keeps using the word "awoken," which just so happens to kind of sound like broken. Yeah, it also doesn't actually exist. No, it's not a real word. <laughs> um, yeah, we kind of touched on it last week. Whatever, say Michael Cole was saying so the attacks from the revival and Gallows and Anderson has awoken something in the Hardys well in the promo with Angle they were, didn't they say two words which were I don't Matt Hardy is a very strange person and whenever he's on the screen his broken character sort of comes out and he says um, I can't remember what, what words he uses that are I think it's a good job WWE cleared it legally well have they? <laughs> Well, I think it's definitely cleared now. Right. They got cleared, I think, about a month ago. Okay, because there was an ongoing sort of case with uh, GFW, I think they're now called, uh, about the ownership of that gimmick. So, you know, um, it's if it has been cleared, that's probably good good news for, for Matt and Jeff because it means they're in charge of their own destinies as such with their gimmick. Um, I, I still have my reservations about it. That's another story for another time. Um so yeah, the Hardys and Jason Jordan uh, get the win. Great line from Corey Graves on this. I don't know if you picked up on this one. Uh, Michael Cole said, Jeff Hardy's taking it to the next level. And then Corey Graves' line was, when Jeff Hardy takes things to the next level, it's usually so that he can jump, jump off. off of it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was really good. Um, so yeah, Totally true. Brilliant line from Corey Graves who... If you ask me, he's by far the best commentator that WWE have right now. Yeah, they need to utilise him a bit more, I think. Hashtag Corey for GM, Matt. Hashtag Corey for GM. This is where I'm going. They Throw use him a lot. First episode. He's got his own network show. He's got Superstarring. He's got Culture Shock. Not that I think that runs anymore, but he's also he used to be on NXT. He's on a lot of the pre or post show panels. He does 205 Live. So he does do a lot, which I'm more than happy with. Yeah, uh, Corey Graves is certainly a good asset to to Raw, and he's um, someone who I think could definitely be around for a long time. Yeah, he's got they, they seem they seem to invest a lot in him, um, and he pays them back with great performances. Yeah. Um, so that Miz versus JJ was technically the main event of the evening, considering the next sort of segment was dedicated to the face to face to face to face to face to face. Sorry, the face to face to face to face between Brock Lesnar. Samoa Joe, Braun Strowman, and Roman Reigns. But why did they keep having to say the face to face to face to face to face to face to face? Uh, just to emphasize that there are four people in this match. It's a fatal four way. Uh, we have to keep re emphasizing the fact that Brock Lesnar might not be involved in the decision to lose his title. Um, so Brock and Paul Heyman come out. Heyman cuts a killer promo. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, again, going on the, the theme of it, perhaps being a little bit whiny. The one thing I took away from is I've spent 15 years flapping my gums if I've undersold 
Brock. Yeah, when basically saying he's undersold the quality that Brock Lesnar has or how how good he actually is for 15 years. If he can go to the next level, (laughs) I really want to see that in this match. Yeah, um, and I mean we've spent we've had years of our lives listening to Paul Heyman sell Brock, so he's undersold him in any way. Brock must be really really good. Um, But what wasn't really really good was the rest of this segment. I was left a little bit flat after this. Broad Strowman, uh, no sorry, Samoa Joe comes out. Uh, has a very quick interaction with Brock and, and Paul Heyman before Braun Strowman comes out. Who does he even say anything, Braun? Yeah, he's, what does he say? Oh, he said about him being a last man standing. Last man standing, which really annoyed me. They kept going on about. Him could, that was like almost a new nickname for him. Yeah, um, definitely. Not as good as a sponsor among men, is it? <laughs> no. Samoa Joe points out that he, Braun didn't win that match on his own. Samoa Joe... Um... Well, the refs did stop counting. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the ref cost Roman Reigns that match more than yeah. Samoa Joe did. But um, that brings out Roman Reigns, obviously, to a whole chorus of boos. Um, and he doesn't get a chance to say anything before he... Spear! He spears Samoa Joe pretty much out the ring. Uh, I thought it was quite quite a good spear, um, but he's then power slammed by Braun Strowman uh, before a, a stare down between Strowman and Lesnar. I enjoyed that bit. Yeah, that was quite cool. We've seen that a couple of times. I think in the Royal Rumble, did we see that briefly? Royal yes. Rumble, and we've seen it maybe once on Raw before that. The night after WrestleMania, I think, or the week after, um, had a bit where Strowman comes out and then decided to walk away, which is a little bit odd. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was quite cool, and then obviously the, we get the whole security guards trying to interrupt. It was overselling. A particularly great oversell by a blonde-haired security guard who threw himself over the top rope with great gusto. If you didn't notice it, go back and watch. <laughs> He's gets. Oh, he doesn't even get hit. This is the best bit about it. Doesn't get hit by Braun, and then throws himself straight <laughs> over the top rope. I, I know that it's supposed to be security, but. Of all times for you to interject yourself into a situation when someone like Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar are staring at each other about to fight, that is the last place where I'm jumping in and yeah. trying to... I did see a tweet as well that just said, WWE, get better security. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's true, they have terrible, notoriously terrible security in WWE, always has been. Uh, always fail at separating fights, so they always have to get the, the cavalry down, which is the rest of the... Uh, the the people who've got nothing else to do basically (laughs) is anyone else just a bit tired of that now because happening a bit too often we hadn't we hadn't seen it in ages and I I was wanting to see it for the Samoa Joe Brock Lesnar thing and then they did it which was good it was it was really well done but then we've seen it at least once if not twice since and it just feels like you know it's going to happen. It seems to be Kurt Angle's go-to that he knows his security is rubbish, so he's going to have to call the rest of the superstars down. Yeah, maybe with the recent budget cuts, they've really cut back on the amount of security <laughs> guards they can hire. What is Kalisto going to do against Braun Strowman <laughs> and Lesnar? But yet he was there. Yeah. But for me, like, Kurt Angle used to be a wrestler, so he can still hang with wrestlers. Why isn't he in the ring trying to split them up? Yeah, he's got a, a nice suit on, so I don't think he wants to get that crinkle. Oh, and he was sat in his nice chair at ringside as well. <laughs> um, so yeah, a little bit of a flattening to Raw after that. I mean, there was a separation between the two. Um, there was they sort of kept breaking through the crowd to 
uh, to get at each other, but no no real physical altercation between the two. Um, so yeah, a little bit flat, I thought. How about you guys? Yeah, I didn't didn't think it was the best way to end Raw. Yeah, there should have been some kind of definitive ending. Maybe everyone hitting their finishes or something. That's exactly, yeah. That's what we would have. That would have happened back in the day, wouldn't it? For me, before a I, big show. For me, because the rest of them have fought. Maybe I felt that Lesnar should have just absolutely destroyed everyone, and then showed, I'm the champ. I'm going in as the champ. I'm going to leave as the champ. Hmm. Bang. Yeah, uh, which we know he's capable of. So it's certainly not unbelievable that that could happen. But um, Lesnar's really the only one. I guess he had some of that momentum last week from destroying the Miz and the Miz Tourage. Um So yeah, I mean, obviously going into SummerSlam, Fatal 4-Way. Uh, I, I don't know who's got the most momentum really with, with this. Maybe Braun? Having beaten Roman last week? He didn't really beat Well, Roman, okay, so that's a good point, yeah. So, I just don't think anyone's got... Momentum going in. Samoa so Joe hasn't even been in a match. Well, yeah, I think it's all on maybe an even keel, but um, usually in this type of match, you you would all sort of share the momentum beforehand, uh, and then whoever got the, the upper hand on the Raw before SummerSlam, you know, certainly isn't going to win. But no one really got the upper hand on this one, so you know, it makes it a little bit more difficult to to predict. So we'll take a break uh, from simply running down the. Uh, the action from Raw and SmackDown this week. Uh, try and get you know, try and get some new segments in on the podcast. I'm going to start one this week. It's a segment that I like to call. What's up with that? So for this first, what's up with that segment? Um, obviously, all, all of us here at PWP send our best wishes to the Nature Boy Ric Flair. As mentioned in the news, obviously going through a really tough time, and we really hope he makes a recovery. It might be a little bit controversial to say, I never really got Ric Flair. I know he's an icon of the business, um, and I know he's he's a legend, he's won so many world titles. Um, it's just never really clicked with me as to why he's so loved. Um, Woo! And that also annoys the hell out of me. <laughs> but, but yeah, Ric Flair, I mean... Did, um, have you ever seen a really great Ric Flair match? I certainly can't remember any. Maybe the Shawn Michaels one, but even the match itself wasn't that great. It was just a really sort of big WrestleMania moment. And, you know, back going back with matches with Savage, I never really thought they were that great. Um, no, tell me if I'm being out of line here, guys. Um, did, would you, do you agree? No, yeah, I would agree with you. I'm on. I'm of the same kind of opinion. Do you think this is a generation thing? Yeah, I would imagine from what what we would have seen most of Ric Flair's work would have been not in his prime. So yeah, anything anything of Ric Flair that I would have seen sort of at the time would have been from his return to WCW after his WWF at the time run, um, and I've watched very little of WCW at that point. Uh, I certainly watched much less of Ric Flair. I just didn't connect with him in any way when I was a kid. Uh, and then he arrived in WWE, um, and I thought, you know, okay, he's he's done so many great things supposedly. I'm really going to enjoy having Ric Flair as part of the roster. But no, I just didn't really didn't really get it. I think he's the kind of wrestler where his character is bigger than his in-ring performance, so to speak. 
So I think people will love him on that level. And I certainly think that's why I love him. I love it when he gets in the ring and he does his... Well, he used to. Throw his suit on the floor, start elbowing his suit. I used to love that. Yeah, I can understand. Like, obviously, he's, he's, he's been involved in some really good moments. I just... I'm struggling to find the really great matches and really great moments that make him stand out. Um, how about you guys? Have you got anyone that... Um, the, you know, other wrestling fans, people all over the world have lauded as a really great superstar that you just haven't really got. I've got one or two, uh, but I'll go current. Um, Dolph Ziggler. Right, okay. I see so much uh, internet support for him, um, saying how he's the best since Shawn Michaels, and I get that he's good in some bits, in some places, but there's a lot of it where I just think he he's not himself he tries to be other people mainly Shawn Michaels is almost a carbon copy um, and it's just a bit disappointing everyone's saying he should be in the main event scene and he was in the main event scene even last year against Dean Ambrose and it just fell flat um, and I never can realistically see him winning a feud I just don't really get the support I feel when it comes to Dolph Ziggler his in-the-ring performances are good. I think something's happening backstage for him not to be getting the pushes and the things he deserves. Yeah, I can see that. I can imagine he's probably one of those who has quite a life maybe outside of WWE. I think like, he's quite big on his stand-up comedy. He does his comedy. Like um, so I would imagine he probably has other interests which... Um, take up a lot of his attention well when was the last time we saw Dolph Ziggler on WWE TV the um it was a battle royal right Day Independence battle, Day battle royal and he got eliminated first six, yep eliminated first six weeks ago now yeah it's an, that's a real fall from grace um, Dolph Ziggler I think you can obviously see he's very very good in the ring character wise I've never really I've never really understood what a character is other than when he was he'll show off that was quite a defined character. Yeah. But since then, he's never really had a proper character. No. Uh, he's he kind of, most recent run, he was sort of the, a bit, almost like Chris Jericho or CM Punk when they claimed to be um, the best in the world. Um, at what they do. At, at what they do. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Um, anyway, that seems to have fallen flat because we just haven't seen him in any matches. Oh, I've definitely seen his best moment, and I was there live as he cashed in. So this is one this of the best kind of, moments ever. It's kind of where I'm going with the with the whole Ric Flair thing. I don't remember a single moment as great as that from Ric Flair, um, and this is coming from someone like Dolph Ziggler, who, you know, has really just trod water for the last two years or so. Yeah, definitely. How about you, Matt? I've got a couple. Um... I'll go with both of them to be fair uh, Batista certainly good shot I just I, I failed to think of anything that he's done that I was interested in or again a great match that he's done no even his start even his leaving was pathetic and it just made out to be such a oh, he was in a wheelchair because he got AA'd onto a limo was it I think it was off the top of a car through the stage 
Yeah, which was just pathetic. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my one, Batista. And Kane. Uh, I get that early Kane was good. The when he first came in was great. And then when he took off the mask, I believe his career just declined. Kane's an interesting one. Um, as a, what was I, nine-year-old when Kane debuted, he literally scared the shit out of me. Like, it was... Not literally, not not quite literally, but he did. I watched scared. this the other night and totally forgot, and I don't know why, because I've, I've seen it so many times. I totally forgot that he came out, and when it went, I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> but yeah, as soon as he took off the mask, it just yeah. I think, but well, even before then, his character had been sort of uh, degraded a little bit with the sort of comedy stuff he was doing. Uh, but I guess it's kind of hard to keep a character like that so sort of silent Medicine. and yeah, and, and so and booked so strongly. Like he won the WWF title within a couple, well, within six months. Only held it for one night, um, but never really didn't win it again, which I thought was uh, a bit weird. But Kane's a very strange one in that if you talk to any current or former WWF WWE star. They will tell you that Kane is one of the best big men ever to have wrestled, uh, and, and one of the smartest. And one of as the well. smartest, yeah. Um, obviously, he's got his whole political career going on at the moment. Still signed to WWE, I believe. I've not heard anything to the contrary. Um, but yeah, he's, it's a strange one with Kane. Do you know who I've got as well on top of my controversial Ric Flair one? It can't be more controversial than Ric Flair, surely. Oh, Owen Hart. What? No. <laughs> No, 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 no. I'll tell you why. Obviously, it was tragic what happened to Owen. Uh, his untimely death live in front of a crowd, which was, you know, just really put things in perspective from a WWE point of view, from a wrestling point of view. Um, so obviously, I have the utmost respect for Owen as a competitor, as a performer. Um, but I just never thought he was that good. Like, I have this opinion of a lot of people who tragically passed too early. Uh, the memory of them is always better than perhaps what they actually were. And Owen... Can you name another? In terms of wrestlers, um, maybe not, but in the other forms of entertainment, people like Amy Winehouse. Oof. Yeah, yeah that's very she was, controversial. She was great. Agreed. Uh, but... She really is because people remember her to be. I don't. I don't think so. That's probably going to get me a lot of heat. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, yeah, people. You know, people who pass too soon tend to get remembered very, very fondly. Even well, I if thought it's I was the one going to get a lot of heat from this podcast, <laughs> and it seems to be that out of this conversation, I'm not going to get any heat. Uh, but you know, people seem to remember people who pass too early a lot more fondly than perhaps they they actually were. And, uh, Owen Hart for me falls into that category. We always hear about how great a joker he was. Great. I never saw any of that on TV. Um, and I don't know. The, the stuff he did with, when he won the Slammy Award, oh, that was fantastic. I used to love him coming out and just going, raising his hands at the Slammies. I mean, that's not... I mean, it wasn't that great. I mean, he had some, he had some really good matches with Brett. And at the time, I loved those matches. And I still look back on them very fondly. And I think WrestleMania great 10. WrestleMania 10, SummerSlam 94, for instance. Um, but other than that, anybody else name me a good Owen Hart match? Really good Owen Hart match. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, you're putting this on the spot. Um, oh, oh. 
Yeah, no, I no, can't think exactly. of any off the top of my head. Um, so, I rest my case. <laughs> and I'm not saying I don't have respect for Owen Hart. Great wrestler. By all accounts, he was a really great guy. Just didn't really get it. So continuing with our coverage on the action, ramping up to SummerSlam, the biggest party of the summer, as it's so called. Uh, let's get into SmackDown Live. Come on and fight back. We'll start it over again. We'll take it right back from the ones where again it's time to rise up, even though they left us for dead. This is our last So SmackDown this week comes from Providence, Rhode Island, I believe. Um. Jinder starts out, WWE Champion starts the show on SmackDown, uh, reveals it's Indian Independence Day, and that he's going to have a celebration which involves um, sort of Bollywood style dancing and incest. Why were they playing with fences? Did anyone else <laughs> see that they were playing fences? They were no. like the trellis on top of a fence. It looked like they were playing a fence. Right. Why are we playing with fences? Well, maybe they can't afford drums. <laughs> well, speaking of a fence, does anyone else find this actually? Quite offensive and uncomfortable. Well, my, was... uh, my notes say when the national anthem started, banging tune. <laughs> when the national anthem really started, well performed as well. <laughs> it was just it, this whole segment made me uncomfortable because all it was was oh, let's celebrate India. Like he was being quite rude to the people, but these people were dancing, putting on a good show. This woman was singing the national anthem, and people were booing. This seventy-year-old lady who had no idea what looked, was going on. She generally looked terrified. I don't blame her. If there was like seventeen thousand people shouting and booing at me, shouting USA, USA. Exactly. It was all just a bit uncomfortable. I'm just so sick and tired of racism angles in wrestling. It's 2017, and I guess it could be slightly maybe topical of what's been going on this week, all the controversy and stuff. But I just think it, there's no place. For racism storylines in wrestling and there's no place for racism in general in 2017 let's be honest no or in any other year really but well, i know but <laughs> without getting political <laughs> yeah. um yeah i thought when when shinsuke came out um i felt even even more uncomfortable listening to shinsuke with his, his broken english obviously not really his he's awoken english <laughs> he's doing his, he's doing his best um but i just I don't really want to see Shinsuke on the mic. Um, he needs a he needs a mouthpiece desperately. Yeah, where's one when he wrestles? Thanks for that lame joke. <laughs> um, is it? A, do you see it as a problem that Shinsuke's English is is pretty poor for I, a main I, eventer? I personally don't think his English is poor, or like considering that obviously his native language is Japanese. He's only been in America for a year and a half. Um, I don't know how much English he spoke beforehand, but I actually think he, his English is quite good. Like I said last week, especially when you compare him to someone like Tozawa, um, I don't really have a problem with his, his his actual English. I guess it's more the strong accent rather than the actual English that, that he's saying. Um, but what it does essentially say is that he's going to win at SummerSlam, <laughs> which is all we really needed to know uh, from, from this segment. Uh, next up on SmackDown... Well, I just have one one point I wanted to make was I don't know if if you two can ever think of a scenario where has there ever been a world title match between two Asians no, in that, WWE? This is actually this is actually a first. 
I mean, I don't believe it's ever, ever happened. I can't think of any other scenario where it would have, so... And, of course, Jinder Mahal is from Canada, so... Oh, so it's not even... So, uh, but he obviously has an Asian heritage, so... You're partly right. You're mostly right. He's the Maharaja. It's your birthday. I'll give it to you. Uh, That's what she said. <laughs> no, no, she didn't. <laughs> Ever. Uh, so next up on SmackDown, Becky Lynch versus Natalia. Um, Naomi on commentary, women's champion. Uh... Anyone else sick of Naomi? Oh, I really am. I'm not sick of her. I'm a little bit bored, maybe, of, of her. She hasn't I, really done anything recently. I feel sorry for her, the amount of effort she has to put in every <laughs> single night just to make her entrance. Right, this actually takes me back to what we were talking about on Raw. Do you know who I feel sorry for? And you're not going to like this one, Matt. Gold Dust. Why? Why would you feel sorry for Gold Dust? The guy has to get himself dressed up, fully painted, to do nothing other than hold Braun Strowman back. He's definitely had a dark match. <laughs> Why was um, Dash Wilder of the, the Revival there also in his gear? They all are. It's just, just in case. case. Just yeah. in case they make a recovery. Where's another Jean one Paul of the... Goulier? <laughs> <laughs> it's not Jean-Paul Goulier. <laughs> Whatever his name was. Jean-Paul Goulet. Goulet. Um, Should have asked Booker T. Not the, uh, the fashion designer. Um, so yeah, back to SmackDown. Natalia wins with the sharpshooter. She beats Becky Lynch clean. Becky Lynch just cannot catch a break. No, I think um, obviously it was designed to give Natalia some momentum going into SummerSlam. Understandable. And who else can really eat a loss? I can't even think. Well, the other baby face that they could have used was Charlotte. Um, and we obviously and know why she wasn't. She obviously like yeah wasn't going to be there. The only other baby face they've got is um, Natalia. So I mean not Natalia, <laughs> Naomi. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so Becky was kind of the fall girl in this scenario. I guess so. Um, I still don't really think it does much for Natalia um, winning this match. Naomi makes a save after Natalia attacks Becky after the match. Carmella then comes out, just so we remember that she's involved in this situation as the Money in the Bank briefcase holder or contract holder. Um, basically just says, whoever wins on Sunday loses. Inferring that um, she's going to cash in, she's going to cash in. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, but Becca Lynch, yeah, just just treading water at the moment, which I think is a um, a shame for her. She started off so promisingly with with SmackDown as the champion when it when the brands were split. Do you think maybe they're giving them sort of a little bit of a sort of t- not time off, but sort of see it with Charlotte in the last few weeks as well that. Them two, I'd say them two are the best two performers on the women's roster. And that is to go over a whole women's roster. I would say them two are the best That's performers. A big, quite a big claim. I'd, I'd probably put Becky on a par with someone like Bailey. Maybe maybe Sasha and Alexa. Maybe not even Alexa. But Sasha and Charlotte. Sa- Sasha and Charlotte, I think, are maybe the top two. Naomi's up there. Maybe not really? character-wise, but in-ring-wise, she's she's pretty good. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, you're right. Um, Lana. No. Um, but, yeah, no, you're right. Um, Becky Lynch certainly deserves to be in a higher position as she is. But, as you say, she's probably... Well, WWE are probably just letting her cool down a little Maybe bit. Maybe saving her for WrestleMania yeah, sort of... Yeah, I think very Becky, rare you get a superstar who's constantly in the main event scene. You know, you only, only really get that with the real big players. 
to John Cena's, to Brock Lesnar's. The, the Roman Reigns. <laughs> well, even Roman's been involved in feuds which maybe weren't in the main event scene. I think back to when he was US champion, battling Rusev, for instance. Not really the main event. Um, but yeah, maybe the, maybe WWE are just calling off on Becky for the time being just to heat her back up at a later date. I hope so, because she certainly deserves better than to lose cleanly to Natalia in a few minutes on SmackDown Live. Yeah, I think she's such a popular babyface um, that she'll never really lose that much momentum as such in, in terms of crowd support. A bit so, like Sami Zayn. Yeah, the, the comparison I was going to make is that they could do a, a kind of slow burn storyline with her um, in order to, like, to give her a kind of big moment that we've already had with, say, Charlotte, Sasha and Bailey. But again, wouldn't that big moment be so much more special if she hadn't already won the title? It would be, yeah. Um, but I suppose the can't do anything about that now. Um, we saw a very quick match between Rusev and Chad Gable, um, which didn't last very long before both men were counted out. Rusev <laughs> chucked. Now, Matt, this probably feeds into what you were saying earlier about loving people getting smart. Yeah, <laughs> Chad Gable got absolutely lobbed by Rusev over the announce table. They're pretty painful, to be fair. To be fair, um, the shot into the uh, steel chair. Uh, still, uh, yeah, that as well. That looked pretty painful. Um, yeah, the accolade on the announce table, completely pointless move. Uh, no more impactful than if it was done in the ring. But do you not think that that would force them to reinforce the table for no I did reason? I think it, the table did sort of move when Rusev got on top of it. It did sort of like almost buckle a little bit. I thought that'd be really embarrassing if it was to break right now, but uh, it didn't. We've so seen that happen before. We have seen that happen. Um, Rusev takes Mike, walks into the ring, says one word, Randy, before he gets an RKO literally out of nowhere. Yeah, my note Excuse on this cliche. was, uh, I'm going to use an expletive here. Where the fuck did Randy Orton come from? <laughs> uh, agreed. Well, they obviously... Um, do a good job with the camera angles on this one usually if someone's coming from the crowd or from the side or whatever you'll hear the crowd build up Mm -hmm. but it wasn't until Radio literally had his arms around Rusev's head it it was insane it came out of nowhere did he maybe come from under the ring? potentially yeah I don't see where else he could have come from which wouldn't have well the crowd wouldn't have seen him beforehand but yeah Randy delivers the RKO to Rusev um, and then you know I think that really plays into uh, probably what we were talking about a little bit earlier with you know just not getting certain people. I've never really got on board with Randy Orton, but the crowd absolutely seem to love him right now. Do they love him or do they love just the uh, RKO? It's nowhere? a good point. I think yeah. I think the whole internet meme from a couple of years ago has really done Randy Orton a lot of good for for his own sort of stock. Yeah, yeah, kept him relevant. It has kept him relevant, and when now when it happens, it's a big deal. Whereas before, it never really was that much of a big deal. So, are we saying that only Triple H out of evolution, evolution is the only decent person? <laughs> well, I've never really got a board of shit. No, I, I love Triple H. So, because um, we've we've gone to town on Ric Flair, <laughs> Batista, and now Randy Orton. Yeah, well, I mean, taking nothing away from Randy, but. Um, yeah, I've just never really been the biggest fan. Um, certainly not from the last couple of years, anyway. So we didn't like Evolution then, though? No, I really actually didn't like <laughs> Evolution that much. A lot of Good thinking, yeah. Good thinking. Back in the good old days, before we had the likes of Jason Jordans and <laughs> anything, anything our truth has ever been involved in. Um, 
Moving on from our truth because let's face it, we spent way too much time talking about him this episode. Uh, New Day versus the Usos, another match scheduled to happen at SummerSlam. Slightly different combo of New Day based on what we found out on SmackDown. But does this, does having a different combination make a different match? I really don't see that it does. But it does. If, I mean, Big E and Xavier Woods are two very different performers. Uh, I can't remember when was the last time Big E wrestled. I've seen Big E wrestle for since they came back to SmackDown, have we? Uh, I think so. I think he had a one-on-one with one of the Usos. Was he in that first um, tag team match that they had, where the Usos got themselves counted out? Yes, he was. Right. But he hasn't. I don't think he's, I've seen him since. Because when New Day won the titles, it was it was Woods and, and Kofi, wasn't it? Yeah. Tension might have been injured. That's what I'm thinking. Is there some sort of injury? Maybe they're holding off on on him in in ring. Maybe. Well, I B- think at SummerSlam, you'd kind of expect to see Big E in this match. Yeah. They did, They said it was Big E and uh, Woods. Yeah. So um, during their main during their uh, like record breaking title run. Um, Big E was involved in, I would say, probably 80, 80 to 90% yeah. of the matches. Uh, and he hasn't um, really been recently. Which Maybe there is. It's a bit refreshing because um, most of the time it would be him and Kingston with Woods on the outside, but Woods would get a bit more of a chance in ring. Yeah. Um, and Xavier Woods has really taken that chance. He's just, he looked really impressive uh, at, at Battleground and on SmackDown this week. Uh, I really, really like his offense. I think it's really good. Yeah, he's. Um, he has quite a lot of different offense, which you don't see a lot of people doing, which is just nice to see. Yeah, just nice. Yeah, just nice. And these two teams always have a really good match. We've seen that on the last two paper, SmackDown pay per views. Uh, really hoping they'll have a really great match at SummerSlam as well. Um, one, one of my notes said these two have to be good because the rest of the division is not. The rest of the tag team division, especially on SmackDown. Just shocking. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, apart from Breezango. Which... Obviously. We'll come on to them a little bit later. Does anyone else think, especially because we've had this match over the last two pay-per-views, that this could have benefited from a some kind of stipulation, like yeah, a cage match, or like we said last week with Owens and AJ, with like a ladder match, just something to add a bit more to it than just a team versus team match? I, I, I just think it... I just think maybe with SummerSlam being it's going to be five hours long and we've got a, it's a massive card maybe this isn't going that long yeah we we don't with the SummerSlam card we don't necessarily have that many gimmick matches as far as I can think of no um, I'm not so there's sure. a special guest referee and shark there's a fatal four way shark cage but it's not a lot and I feel like maybe uh, back in the day as such you would have um, seen a lot of gimmick matches you would have seen more more so yeah yeah um, I'm thinking TLCs and ladder matches and things like that. Exactly. Um, Bikini contest. <laughs> Sorry. Matt's favourite kind of gimmick <laughs> match. Um, so the Usos pick up the win in this match, which I'm assuming means New Day are winning on Sunday, uh, but you never know. Um, another case of SummerSlam coming early. Uh, we saw this on Raw. Why have this match so close to the pay-per-view? It doesn't really, yeah, make, it really, it really... really make sense to me, but... Uh, Hey, they, they had it anyway. Um, another tag team evolved on SmackDown. Um, we were sort of um, hyped about this through through the show. Uh, the very last version of Fashion Files in Fashion Peaks. Um, I believe it only meant it was the last episode in Fashion Peaks because at the end it says that Brizango will be back in 
two weeks, right? 25 weeks. So it was a 25, 25 years. 25 years, yeah. 25 years was changed to two weeks. So, um, which even got a big boo when it showed on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> and then we back in 25 years. Um, but you got angrily broke. No, angrily yeah, broke, sorry, sorry. Men- mentally broke. Mentally broke, Got a yes. new wardrobe. Um, so yeah, last ever trip to Fashion Peaks. Um, funny stuff, I thought. Maybe a, maybe not quite as funny as some of the, the previous episodes of this. I didn't think this was their best. Um, but I thought Fandango is, is really, really good. <laughs> the more and more this goes on, I loved, the funnier I, I find him. I loved on the board, it had still the picture of Fandango missing yeah. and then found on the side yeah. of it. <laughs> and I like the... Um, doppelgangers. The doppelgangers, yeah, with uh, fake razor and fake diesel. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, funny, funny stuff. Still no closer to finding out who the culprits are. But is it some tag team is. division is in danger? Yeah. Um, I did wonder what that meant. And the clue that they found in the pie. Uh, with with band aids, gluten, and hair. Hair, yeah. Uh, a note which just said 2B. Um, I don't know if that was a number 2 or 2, but. It was 2 TWO. So 2B. Any idea? What does that mean? Bob Backland. <laughs> That's too Just, just yeah. a random shout, Bob Backland. <laughs> Bobby Cannon. British Bulldog. No, no, can't. Be. Oh, sorry. That was really badly timed. Not all timed. I, all I can think of is big booties. <laughs> <laughs> and that is what you spend most of your time thinking of, right? <laughs> and searching on the internet. <laughs> sorry, I was just thinking of big booties. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, still no place to find out who the hell is uh, behind the sort of office trashing and attacks on Breezango. I'm not bored of it yet, though. I'm not bored of it. But I do kind of want to see them in the ring. I think it's good for them that there's like a two-week break. Because um, when they first started doing them, I wasn't sure if they should do them every week just because I thought it'd be overdoing it. They've done well, and I'm glad that they have, but I think it's a, a little break could be good for them. Yeah, and obviously whoever it is, we're assuming is either returning or new. Um, I'm hoping new. I'm hoping new. But what the fear I have with a new tag team or superstars or whatever is um, they take a little bit of the shine away from Brizango in this instance. Like... The last thing you want is for all of this stuff to go on, the crowd to really, really get behind Breezango, who are now probably some so of the biggest faces on SmackDown, when there was there were, probably was no intention to make them faces. Um, you bring someone new in, if the crowd are excited to see someone new, they get on their side, maybe not Breezango's side, and then their push gets halted, um, which I don't really want to see. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with, uh, with that. Um, AJ Styles and Kevin Owens... We had in the ring this this week. I didn't like the concept of this. AJ Styles had waited a week before he could possibly apologise to Shane McMahon. He had to do it on camera in front of a lot. Yeah, I mean, if I'm hitting my boss, I'm saying sorry straight away (laughs) (laughs) if I want to keep my job. So, yeah, just wait a week, do it in front of a live audience (laughs) on TV. Um, As I said, I didn't really get on. I didn't really like the concept. Delivery was fine. Shane was a little bit... Very sweaty for a star. <laughs> um, Shane was maybe a little bit. Um... You know about Vince and sweaty men. <laughs> oh, this is sun. 
Um, yeah, Shane was probably maybe a little bit off with his with his promo with his words somewhere. It's like he probably forgot what he was meant to be saying and was and kind of making up as he was going along. He also left a, a lot, lot of time. Poisons, uh, pauses. Yeah, one of those <laughs> pauses. <laughs> All right, Enzo. Uh, one of those pauses was uh, a little bit long, waiting, clearly waiting for Kevin Owens to interrupt. What made me laugh is that the camera was right up on Shane's face and he'd said something and then paused and there was a long pause and you can see him turn and look back towards the Titan Tron. Yeah. And you can also see the beads of sweat rolling down his face as it became evident that Kevin Owens is so confused. Yeah. Um, so Kevin Owens comes out. I couldn't tell if AJ was acting or was legitimately so confused because <laughs> his facial expression was the same as mine while watching it. Yeah. Um, Kevin Owens comes out. Basically says that um, if he accidentally hit, touches Shane during their match at SummerSlam, it would genuinely be an accident. There's no malice from him towards Shane, and that Shane can't trust AJ. Um, so yeah, really sort of playing on the fact that Shane is a big factor in this match. What do we see as Shane's involvement in this, really? Other than, do we see, do we think he's going to be getting physically involved? I'd love to see a heel turn. I think you'll have to Cross my mind. Heel turn with Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't think of that. I don't know what the reason would be, though. It doesn't need to be one. I think... Um, he wouldn't be in this match if he wasn't going to be getting knocked out or something. I believe, yeah, I think I, that will happen. I've, I'm struggling to picture a scenario where he does the elbow through the table, but <laughs> so I you see imagine getting in every every time he appears. I would imagine that might happen at some point. God yeah. knows how. Is he going to jump off the top of the cell? <laughs> oh no, it's not a cell. Okay, yeah, no worries. He'll, uh, he'll climb up to the rafters, attach himself to the shark cage that Enzo was in, and just drop out of it. Or an elbow drop from the shark cage <laughs> through the table. Yes, that is exactly what's going to happen at SummerSlam. I called it. If that happens now, people, we <laughs> called it here first. While AJ Styles has got the cover on, Owen, <laughs> he's just waiting for Shane That's to jump. The, the most dramatic heel turn in the world ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so yeah, essentially, just a, a bit of a, a build for this for this match at SummerSlam. We said it before definitely the ability these guys have to steal the show so yeah let's hope it's a really really great match they did say a lot in both commentaries about every single match has the potential to steal the show (laughs) yeah not all of them that all brought us to what we have well what's claimed to have been the biggest ever main event on in smackdown history now i don't know about you guys but I beg to differ. <laughs> John Cena versus Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal is obviously the WWE champion at the moment, and John Cena is obviously a legendary figure. So, big match for SmackDown. I wouldn't but, even say it was the best match on the card, <laughs> let alone on. It's certainly not history. the biggest main event in SmackDown history. Probably not even the biggest main event in SmackDown this month. Yeah, <laughs> it annoyed me. Like when when the, at the very start of the show when they were announcing this match, Tom Phillips was like, "John, what a match!" and he was like. Yeah, I've been around since the first episode of SmackDown since 1999. <laughs> and what was and the I... main event on that first episode, by the way? Triple H versus The Rock? Someone called The Rock, yeah. Yeah, it was better than that. Because <laughs> The Rock was involved. Um, 
We also saw Vince McMahon defend or win the WWE Championship from Triple H on the main main event of SmackDown as well. That was pretty big. Obviously not as big as Jinder versus Cena. I'm thinking Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar in an Iron Man match. That was pretty big. Not as big as Jinder versus Cena. Um, so yeah, the biggest main event SmackDown's ever seen was a bit of a flop, I thought. Massively a flop. Yeah, nothing, nothing really. Um, special. My and... note said neither of these can wrestle. <laughs> I mean, that might be maybe a little bit harsh, but um, I mean, it wasn't terrible. It was okay. Cena picks. Well, Cena doesn't pick up the win. It looks as though Cena's going to pick up the win, but Baron Corbin interrupts uh, after a, what was a really, actually a really, really good AA off the top rope. It looked really great. A um, double AA, it's called, I think. Uh, yeah, I was glad that Jinder actually kicked out of the first AA. Because part of me thought he was just going to get steamrolled by Cena in this match, which would really be a, a terrible position to be in as WWE champion. Cena. Because, I mean, he lost to Randy Orton clean last week. Um, and if he'd lost to Cena clean, which actually, let's face it, he was about to do, it doesn't really uh, bode well for him. Um, Baron Corbin makes, with the run in, um, he sort of, what does he, he attacks Cena. Cena uh, is outside the ring. Corbin goes goes to well starts to go towards the back, but then realizes that Jinder's just been AA'd off the top rope and is out in the middle of the ring, so he might as well cash in. This was a big shot. I didn't see this coming. Pointless. Well, it was pointless in 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 that Corbin cashed in. It's pointless yeah. for the. St- I just felt it's pointless for the storyline. Where like you don't get someone to win a Money in a Bank ladder match, which is. Quite a hard match to win, and then lo- lose it to a roll up by Jinder Mahal. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I I agree. Um, I who bu- who booked this? Who booked it? I feel like fire road dog. I feel like fire road dog. If this is your call, if they were gonna do it this way, then they should have done it a few weeks ago and have that as the reason why Corbin and Cena are feuding. Yeah. They have something although, to fight over there. Although them. Corbin never doesn't really have a reason to um, to be fighting Cena because he lost his, his chance at the, the contract. Cena didn't really cost him it. And he just jumped up on the road, he didn't he? Really? He, he was just kind of there. Corbin conveniently waited until the bell rang before he turned around and clocked Cena one. Um, yeah, <laughs> so, Cena was there the whole time. Yeah. Um, you know, what I will know about this, the crowd reaction when he decided to cash in was actually really good. Probably a lot better than expected. I kind of I kind of envisaged Corbin cashing in on Nakamura at SummerSlam and I imagine the reaction to that would just be entirely negative I which thought, is what should happen if yeah. he's about to win a title yeah but we've seen it before with Hills cashing, it, cashing in like the likes of Edge uh, when he cashed in that was a, a sort of he got a really loud pop from the crowd it was a really good moment um so I was kind of worried that we wouldn't get a reaction of any sort of well, any sort of positive reaction to Baron Corbin deciding to cash in. Uh, but we actually did. So I thought that was probably better than expected and probably what better than WWE expected. I just thought it was really strange timing. Yeah. Yeah, a week it, before SmackDown is uh, SmackDown for SummerSlam. Yeah, just a few days before SummerSlam when Baron Corbin probably got the biggest match of his life. Um he just lost his contract. I do, however, feel that maybe could play into this match 
And maybe this means the Baron's going over, but... Um... Yeah, I would imagine in order for this to happen, he's probably going to win the title at some point within the next kind of six months or so to make up for it. Because I would imagine when he was given the briefcase kind of backstage, it would have been, yeah, we're going to put this Well, I imagine the plan would have, would have been for him to be WWE champion exactly. by cashing in. And then whether it be his performances changed. or just crowd, crowd reaction. reaction or anything. Who is he pissed off backstage? <laughs> um yeah it's 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 odd um we just have to wait and see what happens but like we said last week none of us were really particularly ready or wanting for him to be the champion so worked out well for us really i mean it, not so much for corbin <laughs> has it worked out well because having a money in a bank briefcase holder or contract holder is a really good way of building tension when there isn't really a storyline going on like the, the fact that they could just cash in at any time is a really sort of it adds a lot of drama to a title scene. When I know we've seen it with, I mean, Jinder's champion, his matches with Randy haven't been good. The storyline's been worse, uh, so it's really at a, quite a low ebb at the moment. Just having that money in a bank uh, contract holder is um, adds a little bit more tension to it, which actually improves the main event scene. Um, so it's a bit of a shame that we don't have that anymore. Do you reckon James Ellsworth will steal Carmella's briefcase and cash on on a guy? <laughs> that is a hell of a shout. <laughs> After the SummerSlam uh, main event, Nakamura is celebrating his title win and out comes James Ellsworth. <laughs> to be Carmella fair. chasing him to the ring trying to get her briefcase. <laughs> to be fair, how much heat would that, would that get? It would be amazing. Oh, that's a hell, hell of a shout. But what I'd like more from that is him coming down, trying to explain he's got the contract, and then, then going, what, well, it's for the women's title? Or just walk around <laughs> into a Kinshasa in the face. <laughs> um, so, yeah, on that note, that brought us to the end of SmackDown. Um, as we probably noted at the, at the beginning, probably... Not the greatest of weeks for the go-home shows for SummerSlam. Definitely no, not. I thought, ha- yeah, carry on. I thought, sorry, that the um, <clears throat> both crowds were good. And I don't know if it's because I listened to I watched Raw on the TV, but I had SmackDown on in my headphones. I felt the SmackDown crowd were a lot louder and more lively than the Raw crowd were. Maybe because the Raw crowd get tired for a three-hour show. But yeah. it definitely seemed like the crowd reactions on SmackDown were a lot louder than they were on Raw. Yeah, I, I think the crowd were quite good in both. They have been for the last few weeks, I think. Um, but yeah, I think SmackDown probably the crowd probably edged it. Um, so, going into SummerSlam then, how about we uh, run down the card and make our predictions? We can live or die by these predictions. Go for it. <laughs> um, right, so no particular order. Uh, by the way, we should add that this is a really stacked card. 12 matches we've counted. For SummerSlam. It's a lot. There's a lot of matches. It's going to be a long, long show. Um, but Coffee and the Red Bull. <laughs> we start with, um, let's start with Big Show versus Big Cats with Enzo in the Shark Cage. What are we all going for? Personally, I'm going Big Cats. Yeah, this, this has to be a passing of the torch um, moment for Cats. So I'm going with Cats. Yeah, it's Big Cats all the way there. So full house for Big Cass over the Big Show. Even with Enzo being involved some way in this match, we still think Big Cass is going over. I see absolutely no way in which Enzo can be involved in this. Well, that's the physically. The, that's the that's the gimmick, but it doesn't always work out that way. Uh, you, just on a side note, usually on this, um, am 
might have just been the once with the Undertaker with Paul Bearer, but if the Undertaker won that match against Mankind, I think that was a SummerSlam match. Or was it Survivor Series? It was SummerSlam 98, no, 97. No, it was it was Survivor Series 96. Was it Survivor Series? The uh, boiler room was SummerSlam Survivor Series 96, Undertaker versus Mankind with Paul Bearer locked in the cage above the ring. If Undertaker won that match, he got five minutes alone with Paul Bearer in the ring. Um, maybe that would have been maybe an, an interesting gimmick to add to the match. Aiden's now checking this fact on his phone. <laughs> it was SummerSlam 96. It was the same show as Stone Cold versus Bret Hart. You just said Survivor Series earlier, though. Sorry, it was Survivor Series 96. It was, because the, the same Summers- show as SummerSlam was Boiler Room. SummerSlam was the Boiler Room brawl with Paul Bear returning on The Undertaker. Yeah. Survivor Series was a continuation of that feud at Madison Square Garden. I knew it was at Madison Square Garden, but I, I thought that it was SummerSlam that year. Definitely wasn't SummerSlam. No, SummerSlam Summer was, was the board, in the, the state. Well, it wouldn't have been the Staples Center. It was in LA, then, I think. I don't know which where it was, but that was certainly the boiler room brawl match. Um, We've gone off track. Interesting <laughs> fact, though, the first half of that match was recorded two days before. Really? It was. A little known fact. Have you have you found out that we were both right? Well, it just says the Undertaker defeated Mankind with Paul Bearer in a singles match. So there's no reference to a cage, but yeah, I, I imagine you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always right. Uh, <laughs> and the Undertaker versus Mankind in a standard wrestling match. That's what it says right here on Wikipedia. Well, Wikipedia is wrong. <laughs> Shout out to the Wikipedia. Um, so okay, we're all going for big cast in that match. We have got off yeah. track. You're right. Um, okay, moving on from that one then. Akira Tozawa versus Neville. Now Tozawa is all of a sudden the cruiserweight champion. Do we think he retains? Can I say don't care? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, Gorney retains. Yeah, I, I would like to still see Neville as champion, but you can't take the belt off uh, Tozawa so quickly. I'm sticking with Tozawa in this one. I'm actually going to go out on a limb and say Neville wins this one. I think the story being that he's so angry at losing his title that he just gets ultra vicious, wins his title back, attacks Tozawa after the match. And we just see a proper, proper heel. Can I say after my yeah. comments earlier, I think Pete Dunne gets involved. Okay. Big shout. I just I don't see the how or why. Pete Dunne will be a heel. Pete Dunne's a heel. Neville's a heel. Yeah, they're both two really good heels as well. But why call someone out on Twitter? We know We know that everyone's watching on Twitter now. There's a lot that goes on on Twitter which doesn't necessarily end up ever actually translating to TV. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was just one just little thing between real life mates. Um, okay, moving on from that one. And Randy Orton versus Rusev. Now, I don't particularly care about this match. I know I said at the time I was a little bit excited to see it because it's something new. But I really don't care that much. Uh, well, my main point is that I really want Rusev to actually win. Yeah, I hope Rusev wins. I my just... prediction for this one is Randy Orton. Yeah, yeah same here. Rusev kind of gets the Bray Wyatt treatment in a bit that he just never seems to win any feud that he's ever actually in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm, oh, I'm going to have to go Randy on this one. Full house for Randy. Um, okay. Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt. Uh, so it's actually Demon Finn, they've announced that, um, which I thought was a bit strange. It might have been nice to be a surprise that it was the Demon. 
Um, not that it would have been a surprise. Not of a surprise, no. But Finn Balor versus Bray, um, I see it being a good match. Probably better and longer than the one on Raw. Well, definitely longer. Um, what are we going for? Demon. It's got to be Balor. Oh, it's a queen, uh, clean sweep again. I think we're all going Finn Balor. I'm certainly thinking the, uh, the Demon comes out on top in this one. Uh, moving on from that then, Alexa Bliss versus Sasha Banks for the women, the Raw Women's Championship. This one's actually quite a tough one, I think, to call. I'm a little bit torn on this. Yeah, I... Aiden has to go with his heart or his head. <laughs> I... Maybe not his heart. <laughs> I don't know what you're into. <laughs> but you love Alexa Bliss? I love Alexa Bliss so much. <laughs> but... Just on a side note, no Renee Young this week, right? Um, which I'm... All, this is why I've had a bad birthday. <laughs> Such a bad birthday. Um, but despite my love for Alexa, um, Sasha's high up on my list as well, So, I'll, but I think she's winning it. Jesus, how greedy are you? <laughs> Matt? I'm going to Alexa. So we've got a split there. I'm get the deciding vote on this one. I'm going Alexa. I think Alexa retains. I think had she been facing Bailey, it might be a different story. I don't. I think she's keeping it until Mania. I think Bailey probably would have won it as well. Um, so there's there's probably more intrigue in Sasha winning it and Bailey coming back saying that she wants a shot that she never got. That's a good point. I quite like to see that. Um. But you know, I, I'm going with Alexa. I don't really know why. I just, I just have a gut feeling she's going to retain. Um, the other women's match then on the card: Naomi versus uh, Natalia for the SmackDown Women's Title. I can't really see Natalia winning this one. I've never really seen Natalia win any match. <laughs> <laughs> she literally just won one. But I yeah, mean, just on SmackDown. going into a match, I've never seen her as a um, threat really to... winning it. Yeah. That being said. I think it's probably better for SmackDown to um, put it on Natalia for a little while. Um, Naomi, although she's popular, probably selling lots of merchandise. Um, doesn't interest me as a champion. Lots of glow sticks. <laughs> Gotta love the glow sticks. She called herself a glow getter this week. Yes, the glow getter. Natalia is the glow stopper, apparently. I like the glow stopper. It's yeah. just a shit gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for my um, So Matt, shit gimmick or not, uh, Naomi <laughs> versus Italian win. I'm going Naomi, Cashin, Carmella. Oh, Carmella. And you're going with Natalia? Yeah, I'm going with Natalia, and I, I don't think Carmella's going to cash in until sort of around Survivor Series time. Okay, um, let's go with Cesaro and Sheamus versus Ambrose and Rollins. For the Raw Tag Team Championships. Ambrose and Rollins. In. That's a tough one. Um, you would think Ambrose and Rollins, because it's Shield Reunion winning the titles, feel good moment. Um, but I think it would be better for the tag team division to keep them on Cesaro and Sheamus, because I'm not too sure how long this shield reunion is going to last so I'm going with Cesaro and Sheamus 
Yes, it's, it's a good point. I'm going Ambrose and Rollins because I've, I've said this. I've said this for all along. This Ambrose and Rollins thing. I think they're gonna win the titles. I thought maybe they'd do it somewhat reluctantly, um, almost by by accident. Um, but I think they'll win the titles. Um, I think. I think, I think my nightmare will come true <laughs> on Raw. Uh, don't jump ahead, Matt. Don't jump ahead. Sorry. Uh, so Aiden, you're going to Cesaro and Sheamus. Matt and I are going Ambrose and Rollins. John Cena versus Baron Corbin. Um, well, I mean, it Baron Corbin it. can't beat Jinder when he's been beaten up. There's absolutely <laughs> no way he can beat up John Cena. <laughs> um, that being said, I am going for Baron. I mentioned it earlier in the SmackDown review. Um, I reckon Baron losing his Money in the Bank contract is a signal for for him going over on John Cena at some time. I'm going with Cena. Just Cena. 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 I uh, I agree with you, um, Ali. And I think Baron's going to win, not cleanly at all, obviously, because it's John Cena. Um, some kind of heelish method. Maybe Baron goes mental and loses by disqualification or something. But I reckon Baron is winning. Okay. Uh, They're going to have to make him look strong after what happened. New Day versus uh, the Usos for the SmackDown Live. Tag Team Championships. It's Matt. going to be the New Day. Agreed. I think we're all in agreement with this one. I can't see them losing the titles this soon after winning them. Um, I'll, I'll be happy with whoever wins, to be honest. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm happy with either of these teams as champion. but I'm pretty sure it will be a really good match. Yeah, but I think with Usos winning, then there'll have to be a rematch with the New Day. And that'll be, what, four pay-per-views in a row at least. So I... I'm sticking with New Day on this one. Okay. Um, right, moving on from that, then that leads us to probably the match I'm most looking forward to for tonight AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens for the United States Championship. AJ Styles going in as champion, obviously. Shane McMahon, the special guest referee. How do we see this one going? This one's a very tough one to call, but I'm going with the face that runs the place that being AJ Styles <laughs> um, yeah I mean the way just an insight into how my brain's working with this one I'm, I'm envisaging uh, Shane costing Kevin Owens the match somehow maybe not necessarily on purpose accidentally maybe maybe by him being knocked down while he, Kevin, goes, Kevin Owens goes for a pin and then uh, Kevin Owens get angry that Shane isn't counting the pin when it's clear he was going to win, and some sort of retaliation causing AJ to win the title, uh, to retain the title, and then a feud between Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon going forward. Yeah, I think that's maybe for quite a realistic outcome. I'll tell you where my head's at with this. I want AJ to win because I want Kevin Owens to be fighting for the title, the heavyweight title. That's where he needs to be, in my opinion. Yeah. You could argue that AJ Styles is equally, if not more deserving. Yeah, equally, but then someone's got to win this. Someone's got to win this match. It's, it's always tough, though. How do you go from losing a secondary title feud and going straight into the main title feud? It's always tough to see how that's going to happen. And but also, if he loses. Go on, sorry. So, yeah, if, if, if AJ does retain, who do we see him. 
um, going into a feud with over the US title is there anyone really that could could be a threat to him I, I really don't think there is um, maybe yeah, the, the likes of Rusev, Rusev if he beats Randy Orton but um, probably not Ziggler <laughs> <laughs> definitely not Dolph Ziggler um, yeah it's a, it's a tough one there's not a large amount of credible heels going around at the moment no um, so yeah maybe if Jinder drops the title maybe that'll be a, a feud we we go into we don't, don't want to see, see but, but might happen <laughs> maybe I also I... don't understand the reason for Jinder wanting to be the US champion if, if that was to come true um, but you know there could be some good heel, heel work in that maybe um, so Matt you're going with AJ Styles yes so a clean sweep on AJ from all of us uh, so we get that leads to the Smackdown main event and uh, Jinder Mahal versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the WWE Championship. Nakamura. Nakamura all day, Matt? Yeah. Aiden? Oh, I'm really torn on this one because uh, I want it to be Nakamura um, because I'm fed up with Jinder. I think that's run its course. Um, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if they kept it on him. But I'm going to go with Shinsuke Nakamura Agreed I think we're all Agreed on this one I see Jinder's Pretty Catastrophic Title reign Coming to an end It just hasn't done Anything for me So I'm going with Shinsuke I really hope to see it As well I would imagine That would get One of the larger Crowd reactions Of the night Yeah uh, You'd hope so uh, But it is a Brooklyn crowd So you never know <laughs> 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 no, I, should, I imagine Shinsuke's Quite over in a Brooklyn Brooklyn crowd. Yeah Bloody love Nakamura. Yeah, uh, who doesn't? Um, Jinder. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to the fatal four way for the Universal Championship. Now, now we've I've made got... our predictions now, previously on this one, but I've got some information that may cause me to change. Do we want? Do I tell you the information, or do I just go with it? Well, I don't think you can withhold that now. That is, you've played your card. Okay, so Brock Lesnar has been confirmed. For the Raw after SummerSlam. Right. So, does this mean he's leaving and it's a goodbye? Which we've never seen from Brock Lesnar before, a goodbye. I don't think he would do a goodbye. Yeah, this is what I'm thinking. So, if he loses, they leave. So, are we saying he retains? Um. Before, before this information that I got today, I would have gone Roman Reigns all day long. Right. But I can't see them doing a goodbye, so I'm going with Brock Lesnar. Well, certainly interesting information. I've not heard that. Um, are we saying that this makes our bet null and void? <laughs> yes, I'm going to say it does because right. of information I may have got today. Unless obviously I end up winning that bet, in which case I'm reinstating it. <laughs> um. Aiden, yeah, what do you make of that? Um, that's interesting. I, I'm i confused. Not confused, but um, I'm not I'm, sure as to why that information would have come out. I'm not revealing my source. Um, it's, yeah, it doesn't seem like the kind of thing that WWE would publish. If um, It's usually by the arena themselves. Yeah. Um, so whether or not it's... I don't know whether it's fully confirmed or not. Maybe you can ask your source, Matt. Um, <laughs> but I'm 
still sticking with my original prediction, um, unlike some. I'm... <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> right. talk from Aiden there. Calm, calm yourself down. He's gone up. He's gone up in age a year, so now he's he's uh, turned a bit of big box. <laughs> the only reason I'm not beating you down right now is because it's your birthday. <laughs> that uh, being said, so you're going Samoa Joe still? I'm sticking with Samoa Joe. We've seen minimal of Samoa Joe in, in the build up to this match, um, and I think he could he's the dark horse. Okay, um, that information certainly changed my thinking a little bit. Well, another piece of information that you may not have heard, someone also has been confirmed for the day after SummerSlam on Raw, that's John Cena. Yeah, I've seen this. He also showed up at a Raw Live event in the week. So how... I've heard it is Cena a... and Lesnar on the same show after SummerSlam on Raw? I mean, could they possibly be going somewhere with that? I don't know, but... Um, yeah, it's a very interesting piece. I, I'm going to stick with Braun. I think Braun wins the title at SummerSlam. Okay. Although I'm now less convinced. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hoping my source is so right, but if he's not, I'm going to be look like an absolute mug. More so than you already do. Hey. <laughs> so, um, it's so so on that note then, so we've got our predictions noted down. Um, we'll be watching the show on, together on Sunday. Um, we'll be live tweeting it from our account at the underscore PWP. So uh, give us a follow on there and, and keep up with all the action. See what we're thinking uh, as as uh, the action unfolds and how we're doing in our predictions as well. I'm sure we can come up with some sort of competition for this. This would Everyone likes a bit of competition, right? Um, so we'll we'll try and add an, that sort of element into it as well. Um, so yeah, that's that's really it for the for the show. Let's follow us on uh, Instagram as well at the People's Wrestling Podcast. Um, once again, happy birthday, Aiden! Um, happy birthday, birthday Aiden! Thanks for choosing to spend your your birthday evening with with us here at um, the PWP, PWP headquarters. At the PWP headquarters um, here in lovely Coventry. <laughs> There's nowhere I'd rather be, obviously. <laughs> Um, so you two listeners have a great week hope you enjoy SummerSlam and we'll be back next Wednesday or we're recording next Wednesday to discuss the ins and outs